It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the inspired team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hey, good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. And wisdom is needed, folks, now more than ever. My name's Mike Bernard. I'm your host and one of the advisors on the show, along with my fellow financial advisors and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Oh, yeah, the results are in. And we know that Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States of America. But what we don't know is exactly what impact that's going to have on the markets and the economy. And so if you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. And today on Wise Money, as a friend once told me, in times of great uncertainty, seek wisdom. So if you are a wisdom seeker, you have come to the right place. There you go. So this is your folks. This is your folks. Hey, this is your show, folks. Go to wisemoneyradio.com to submit a question or give us a call, 574-222-2000. That's what Connor did. We're going to be answering his question later in the program. He called in and, and left his question that way. So thank you, Connor. Uh, you can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. To get more updates on the show, leave a question and see resources, blog posts, all that sort of stuff. So, Okay. As Kevin mentioned, it's been a very interesting week. The election is finally over. No more commercials. Thank you. Thank you. But now in my household, it's Hallmark Christmas movies, thanks to my lovely wife, Cindy. But Yeah, I thought we'd be done talking about politics now. I thought November 8th, we were free and <laughs> yeah. clear. No more, right? Too, too let's, much. let's talk about those Hallmark Christmas movies, because <laughs> as I tell my wife, do you want to know how it ends? Because every time she's watching those, I can tell you, the pretty girl ends up with a pretty guy. And it all works out well. In the last 30 seconds. There's drama right up until that last 30 seconds. But anyway, we now know Trump is going to be the next president of the United States for at least the next four years. So how is that going to impact your finances and your well-being? I think a lot of people are legitimately concerned. Actually, Josh and I had this conversation on the way to the studio today. I, I think it's legitimate concern. Not because it's founded in anything, but it's real. It's real in people's minds. It's real in their hearts. They are concerned about where things are. In fact, we've got a question from Sandy that she sent in. Now, before the election, she sent this in the week prior to the election, but it's, I'm concerned about where things are going. What should I do? But as I think about it, I I think the concern is really in two categories. And one is, what does this mean for the future of our country? Where are we today and where are we going? I'm concerned about that. And then the second is, I'm concerned about what this means for me. And we're going to tackle both here today. But let's just start. The, The election was pretty dramatic. It caught the media by surprise. I'll tell you folks, I'm the first one to say it, did not catch our own Kevin Corhorn by surprise. He'd been calling a landslide for Trump for months. And even when all the polls said he was gonna be wrong, he stuck with it and he was right. So first reactions on the election, guys, what's your take? Well, first of all, I think we need to not dwell on that Kevin was right comment. Let's just I move on quickly, to. right? I try not to. Well, His I, head is getting larger <laughs> as we speak. Well, I, Michael Michael Moore came to the same conclusion. and in se- I think of you two as pretty much the same, too, actually. That. Well, you're very kind. And But back in, I think it was August of 
2015, I bought a Make America Great Again hat and gave it to Casey Hendrickson, who was the original host of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. I think it's what made him famous. It, it Maybe could, he was famous before that. <laughs> no, I think uh, he's had an amazing breakthrough in his career uh, since having the hat. But I think, <laughs> I, I think to me, it was it was almost laughable because when you listen to the things that Donald Trump was saying, and you think, well, okay, he said that he this guy is going to be out of the race, and all along people are saying, well, he's not really even really in the race. He doesn't really want the presidency. He doesn't want to have it, and. Um, when I listened to uh, an interview with Mike Pence, and he said, look, at every morning Donald Trump tells me we got to go out and earn it. And the thing that I think people um, notice about Donald Trump is he is a worker, and he knows how to work and produce results and get things done. And I think that resonated. Um, I think there are a lot of people um, that are in that same camp that are saying, hey, I know how to work. I know how to produce results. I know how to get things done, but I don't feel like I have a voice. It was kind of like America versus the Uniparty, if you will. Mm. So Donald Trump uh, almost single-handedly took on the Democrat Party. He took on the Republican Party. He took on the media and all of the, and really he took on himself, um, which is quite an interesting liability in and of itself. And, and pulled through because his vision and the 28 things that he wants to do, his contract with America, resonated more than what Hillary Clinton's vision did. And um, I wasn't calling a landslide for Donald Trump in early spring of this year because that's what I wanted. It's just what I saw. Mm. And, and, and um, I've been mostly wrong with my political prognostication. So this is kind of the blind squirrel call um, where uh, there was a nut here. But I I see that. I see the general unrest. I see the concern in people's faces. I see the concern as we talk to people and say, hey, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not making more money. I'm not getting ahead. I'm making a lot more money and I'm still not getting ahead. So there are all kinds of issues. I I sat down with someone this week who has Obamacare, who's going from paying 197 to almost 400 bucks, um, and that's mostly subsidized. Yeah. So, um, so there are all these concerns that we're that we're dealing with, and well, one of the pieces of anecdotal evidence that I heard you reference on a number of occasions was just the the sheer number of people that were coming out to the Trump rallies versus the the Clinton rallies, right? And just the energy level and and things like that, and uh, I'm sure much of that was driven by hey they they like the change that they hope he's going to bring. Maybe they don't even know exactly what that change is, but they're just ready for a change. Um, but there's also I I wonder how much of his win was also attributable to uh, a vote against Hillary as well, and that to me is the part that the media maybe may or may not have interpreted correctly on the night of the election. Uh, you know, they were talking about uh, evangelical Christians coming out in record droves and how I, I think Megyn Kelly on Fox was saying that uh, this is evidence that you can win the election uh, as a Republican and not have a traditional conservative view on things. And, you know, I, I personally heard that and thought, well, are you really assessing the Christian vote uh, 
accurately, or is this really, no, they were actually standing up in opposition to Hillary, mm-hmm. maybe even more than uh, being for for Trump. Yeah, and uh, Megan, how's that uh, contract renewal going? Um, so <laughs> it's not really funny. So here's the deal. When, I, when George W. Bush was done in 2008 and Barack Obama came into power, people looked at all of their problems and they said, I want my problems solved Mm -hmm. and there's a political solution to my problems. And here is this guy who's uh, nice looking, speaks very well, energetic, fun, funny. Um, And I, I want my problems to be solved by Barack Obama. Here we are eight years later. I think there's a little fatigue with Barack Obama and what did and didn't get done. And so people are saying, Hey, I either have the same or a slightly different set of problems now my problems will get solved by Trump. And I love to watch politics, but what I would want to remind you of this morning is that your problems are your problems, and you have got to uh, get to work at solving your problems. Have, a, have written goals and a written plan to achieve what you need to achieve, but Barack Obama didn't solve your problems, and Donald Trump's not going to solve your problems. Yeah, I, I actually wrote that down as, as some of my takeaways, that one was, well, this just is evidence, again, in my opinion, to increase your own personal responsibility for your own well-being, because Donald Trump is not going to solve it for you. And to be honest, if Hillary would have won, she's not going to solve it for you either. Even if Bernie Sanders, despite what his campaign promise was, he wasn't going to solve your problem either. The other thing that stands out is just the need for unity now. This was such yeah. a divisive campaign, and I yeah. would have thought... The Obama administration in the past eight years would have really brought the country together, and it really tore us apart. And this ugly, nasty campaign has torn us apart, too. My hope is whether you support Trump or not, we need to come together in unity as Americans. Yeah, I think with all of the things that have happened in the last eight years, eggshells has become the new linoleum. And everyone was (laughs) concerned about what, what they're saying, what they're doing. And I was thinking about this last night. This is the first time in eight years. I'll be able to criticize the new president without being called a racist by some of my friends. And criticize, we will. In fact, so this is Wise Money. We're going to turn the table now and talk about the election in light, uh, or the economy and market in light of the election. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Horn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Thanks for coming back to the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike Bernard. I have Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory with me in the MNC studios. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. And folks... You're thinking about it. We're talking about it. We're talking about the election and the economy and markets. If you have a question or a comment, uh, go to 574-222-2000. Give us a call or check us out at wisemoneyradio.com or at wisemoney on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so we're talking about the newly elected president, Donald Trump, and what that means to you. We spent the first 10 minutes talking about, well, just first response from the election results. It was pretty dramatic and really ugly campaign and all of that. But now let's bring it home to what does this mean to the country's finances and what does it mean to your finances? I, I feel like we've been 
fielding that question for the past six months or more. 18 months almost. Yeah, probably, uh, but specifically related to to Trump himself. And, uh, you know, a lot of speculation on uh, what would a, a Trump election do to the economy? What would it do to the stock market? And, you know, my, my personal sentiment is that I, I think in this country we give too much credit and too much blame to the president for how the economy does um, you know, our, our economy moves in cycles. And if you look at the cycle that we're in right now, we've been in a growth trajectory for the past seven and a half years, almost 88 now. months. Yeah. We're in the 89th month, which, you know, puts us uh, close to the, the third longest economic expansion. So the economy has been growing really long, but it's also been the weakest economic right. recovery that we've been in. And it's just been kind of muddling along for, for quite a while. Eventually, that trajectory is going to end, even though it's been relatively flat. We're going to go into another recession at some point, right? And I, I personally assume that it's going to happen in in the next term. Uh, now we know that it's Trump's turn, mm-hmm. the term. Um, but I would have said the exact same thing if Hillary had gotten elected. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, these things just happen. But uh, the question is... Will the policies that are created during that time allow us to recover quickly? Will it put a, a foundation in place of good growth in this in this country, not just um, the the stock market? So you guys recall that back in June, when late June, when the when Great Britain had their vote to stay in the European Union or leave, all the pre polls, everything was showing that they were going to vote to stay. And the markets had factored that in. And then at least here in the U.S., Thursday night into Friday morning, we all then found out, we woke up to the surprise that, no, they voted to leave. They voted against the government status quo, against the, um, you know, just the, the norm, and to leave. And there was a sharp, sharp response by the markets because the markets hate uncertainty. It's not a Wall Street casino, folks. It's not gambling. But it is just a bunch of educated people making projections, educated projections about what do we see happening uh, moving forward. And when there's a change in policy or when there's uncertainty, all of that can go out the window. And the markets responded very sharply in two days after Brexit. Uh, the markets went down about 6%, almost 7 And I remember listening to Dave Ramsey that Friday the markets were in free fall and he was just screaming for 10 minutes saying, this doesn't matter. It's all fake. The market's going to come back. This is a joke. No one's even going to remember Brexit in a month. And I thought, oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, how can you make such a bold claim? Now, uh, as, as the tide was shifting to Trump the night of the election, everyone saw that the futures for the stock market were dropping 350, 550, 800, I think it even got close to 900, and yet they opened the next day in positive territory. So, it, you know, be careful with your emotions and how you allow those emotions to influence your financial decisions. Well, that's the right word, too, because you described how the markets make educated guesses or educated projections. That's over the long term. Yeah. The, the markets, uh, you know, overall, I think, try to react rationally to new information. It's constantly trying to assimilate new information into the price or the level of the stock market. But in the short term, there can be emotional responses and it, it can overdo it on the selling side or overdo it on the buying side. But those things have a way of shaking themselves out pretty quickly. 
So, so what's, what potentially could change, right? So this uncertainty about what's Trump going to do. So obviously there's the foreign policy. There's policy with Mexico and Central America. Will trade be as free-flowing? Will those uh, trade agreements be ripped up and rewritten? Um, but let's, I mean, let's talk about some of those. I mean, taxes, health care, all of that. Kev, Kevin, where do you want to take it? Well, it, where I, I'm still kind of stuck in, in where we are because I remember watching the there were I was going back and forth between a number of different news channels and observing the different coverage on the different channels. And on one channel, right next to the results that they were flashing, they put up what the the futures were doing. And of course, the futures were plummeting. And I remember thinking to myself, so how do people feel if they're watching this and they're watching the stock market go down or the basically the futures market go down, 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 down? And I was thinking, certainly people are cheering. They're saying, this is fabulous because I'm, I'm, I'm systematically investing money in my retirement plan, or I've got some extra money here in the, between the cushions on my couch or in the ashtray of my car. I've got some money, and if it goes down far enough, I'm going to put that money in and invest. Well, I can tell you at least one person was thinking that. And I know that's not the norm, but a friend of mine who I know listens to the show as well texted me at 1130 and said, you better buy some good stocks because everything's going to be on sale tomorrow. And turned out that wasn't the case, but uh, I was pretty proud of him for having that response. Well, that could still be the response in the coming days, coming weeks. I mean, it, these things, again, they'll shake themselves out over time. But, yeah. um, you know, if, if the predictors are right and that the markets do have some sort of a pullback, it does represent a buying opportunity if you're a long-term investor. And you're only going to be uh, postured that way if you're protecting yourself from the fear that can really take over. Um, you know, is, is Trump going to bring the world to an end here is kind of the way that uh, the media was behaving or acting. Yeah, so I was thinking of the folks that are getting ready to start shopping for Christmas and they're looking forward to Black Friday and Internet Monday or whatever it's called and all of these other things. Um, people get excited when stuff goes on sale. The only thing that I've observed that people buy that they don't get excited about when it goes on sale for the most part are their investments. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's, it's really backwards. Um, and so w what I was thinking about as I was watching the market go down, 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 the people that are probably the most disturbed by that or the most upset are the people that might have uh, short-term needs for the liquidity and, and um, cash and other things like that, but they have those dollars invested. So if, you need, if your uh, son or daughter is going to school next fall, make sure that you look at your 529 plan or the other investments that you've set aside and make sure that you've um, changed them accordingly yeah. and so that it's not subject to the risk that things uh, are really going to yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this several times on the show when it comes to investment advice and investment decisions. It should be appropriate for your overall financial plan, your overall financial goals. It's not appropriate to be very aggressive with dollars that you're going to use to pay for college next semester, right? That just logically doesn't make sense. And now if volatility does spike, uh, that just drives that point home. Yeah, make sure that your investment strategy is consistent with your overall financial plan. You know, one of the reasons why Brexit was this flash in the pan, it was this sharp decline followed by an equally fast rebound, yep. was I think the markets did wake up to the fact that 
oh, you know, we, we really don't know what this means yet. We don't know how Great Britain leaving the European Union is going to affect things in the long term. Let's wait and see. And I think that news is going to continue to come out over time as they work out new trade agreements and, and whatnot. And the same is true for a Trump election. We, we don't know how exactly he's going to govern. We don't know how things are going to function with a, a Republican White House and Senate and House for mm-hmm. the first time since, what, 1928? Is that what, uh, That's what Casey, said. Casey had shared with us? Yep. Um, so this is this is a big deal, but nobody really knows yet, and I think it's going to have its effects over time. Yeah. So uh, we didn't have time to get to it today. I'm going to post on the blog uh, at wisemoneyradio.com uh, an article that I thought was very interesting about what the Trump presidency could mean to your tax bill, and if you weren't too keen on some of the actual uh, you know, policy and issues uh, during the campaign because there was so much glitter. Uh, that, that's a good article to read to see, well, what was Trump actually proposing for taxes, estate taxes, and so on? And now that he's president, what might that mean? Of course, it's not uh, an automatic thing. It's got to be passed through, but check that out. So we're going to pick that back up as well as more with listener questions and so on here on Wise Money with Corhorn Finance Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MMC. My name's Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin with me in the studio. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the Inspired team at Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. So far, we've been talking about the election and what that means for all of us and our money and finances. Josh is gonna wrap that up here in just a minute. And then we'll transition to questions. We've got one from Connor here. He called into 574-222-2000. I'd invite you to do the same. Or you can visit us, wisemoneyradio.com, submit a question that way. So we've been talking about the election and Donald Trump being elected. And of course, Republican Party uh, maintaining control of House and Senate or having control of House and Senate as well. Um, and all the uncertainty and what this could mean and everything. So let's just wrap that up and summarize it real quick. What what are some wise next steps or perspective, I guess? Yeah, I, I think the perspective is that in one word, it's the word change. You know, change is coming in some way. We don't know exactly what it is, hence the uncertainty that you mentioned. But every single week we're talking about change that's going on in your life, whether it's a topic of politics or investments or taxes, fill in the blank. Your life, the, the one thing that we can guarantee you is that change will be happening. And the question is, how are you going to respond to that change? And uh, to, to me, this is a function of what your worldview is, what your view on money is. Um, you know, do you, do you believe, as Kevin said earlier in the show, that the problems are out there? It's, it's uh, someone else's problem, and therefore the solution is out there as well. When you think that way, then you're not going to do the kind of problem solving and have an an impact on the things that you can actually control. That's what we want you to focus on. What are the things in your life, especially your financial life, because that's what this show's about, Mm -hmm. uh, what are the things that you can control? It's things like how much do you choose to spend? How much are you going to save? What kind of, uh, you know, risk are you willing to take within your investments to uh, earn a a fair rate of return? How diversified are you going to be? 
How focused on your goals are you going to be? All of these are financial planning questions. And so your response in this political season, I hope, will be to get very focused, very dialed in on your financial plan. That's right. And it's, it's very um, alluring to think about the new election and how someone else could solve your problems. But I completely agree, Josh. Focus on what's in your control. Do those things very well. Have heightened responsibility. And Kevin, I'm going to take the words out of your mouth. Make sure your financial house is in order. That's on you and on your shoulders. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about this article that we had actually talked about on the show and I shared with my children. Three out of 10 folks have $1,000 set aside and seven out of 10 are living paycheck to paycheck. And I think about that and I think, what would our community look like if 10 out of 10 people had $1,000 set aside for emergency cash reserve and were working on their financial house, getting their financial house in order, taking the next right step financially. Yep. And, you know, that's part of the purpose and goal and vision of the Wise Money Show. Start that conversation, give people wise financial habits and help nudge you to take some action. And that's what Connor did. So we're going to transition to listener questions. And Connor called in to 574-222-2000. And here's his question. Hey, my name is Connor and I'm a upcoming engineer out of the state of Michigan. I have a question about 401k investments. My, my main question is, you know, if I, as I'm investing into a 401k as I start my, you know, full-time career, am I able to choose the aggressiveness of, of how my money grows in that 401k? I know a lot of people will take, can, uh, a lot of people will, will take money and invest in different aggressive levels, whether they're very moderate with it or very aggressive with it. Is that an option you have? with the money that you're trying to build in your 401k as well? Or is it more of just an interest-based money growing uh, system? That, that's, that's the only question I have. Thank you. Bye. Okay, great. Thanks, Connor, for that question. And I, I would kick it off by just saying, you know, you, well, number one, your 401k plan at work, your plan sponsor, your employer, HR department, is working with some individuals to select a group of investments that are available to you. You won't have every investment available under the sun, but you should have oh, maybe 15 to 20 options that you can choose from. And then, yeah, you can custom fit and take your own level of risk, whatever you're comfortable with. And there might be some interest-based options. And if that's more your comfort level, uh, number one, I would, I would ask you to look at your goals and see if that's appropriate. But if it's your comfort level or that's what you'd like to do, that should be an option. But then you should also be able to select a, a conservative or moderate or aggressive approach, whatever suits your needs. Well, and that's why some of the, the most important advice I think we could give is that, Connor, part of your responsibility in selecting investments is, first of all, begin the process early on educating yourself as it relates to mutual funds and just investing in general. Because part of the reason why people struggle to, to decide how much risk to take in their investments is because they just don't understand how they work. So the, the perceived uh, risk level is amplified just because you don't understand. It seems more mysterious to you. So you gotta start eliminating the mystery. And uh, I, I would encourage you to sit down with whoever the financial advisor is on that plan, or maybe better yet, work with a financial planner who uh, represents you, not just the plan itself, uh, someone who can help you make your investment decisions in the context of your overall financial life and not just treating this as a, a risk tolerance question for you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think of a couple of different questions. Congratulations, Connor, on being an upcoming engineer. And I'm sure you've worked very hard to gain some skills that now you're going to be able to trade for some meaningful money. And so what do you do with that money? And my first question is, are you married? Because if you're married and you've got a retirement plan and your wife does, you want whoever is giving you professional advice on how to manage your money to be able to look at what the options are in your plan and what the options are in her plan. So you don't want... um, you don't want a lot of duplication. You don't want uh, portfolio overlap. Uh, you don't want uh, unrewarded risk. So the, a lot of these that are things that are kind of jargon, um, a good certified financial planner will be able to sit down with you and give you a sense for where you should put it. I think as important as where you put it is what uh, kind of tax status you you use. Yeah. So Good should point. you yeah. should you do it before tax or um, it's probably it's likely that your plan has a Roth option. So do you put in after tax money and have that growing tax free? So there are a lot of questions that um, that need to be answered here before we can give you a great answer. But the thing, a picture that I would give you, I one of my favorite classes in high school uh, was, was Jim. Yes. And you remember back that far? <laughs> <laughs> they had gyms back then. Um, no, one of my favorite classes was uh, learning to type with an electric typewriter, and I can still I'll take that challenge any day on the speed test. But um, what I uh, mythology I took in eleventh grade, and this is the picture that I would give you. Odysseus had to sail past the sirens, and no one could sail past the sirens because of their allure. And so what he did is he had his men put beeswax in their ears so they couldn't hear the sirens, and he told them to ignore him and strap him to the mast and not let him go. So when they're going to sail past the sirens, he heard the alluring, uh, charming sound of the sirens, and he wanted to go, but his men ignored him and they sailed through to safety. And that is a picture of what you're going to need to do because as you are going to be talking with other engineers, um, my experience is engineers, they're a pretty smart group of people oh, yeah. and a, pretty, uh, a fairly confident group of people. And so when you're around the water cooler, there are going to be guys, they're going to have ideas that are contrary to the, to the path that you're choosing And I would just encourage you to stay on your path, match up the investments with the time horizon. So if these are long-term, if you have a a, a long time horizon, put them in long-term investments. Uh, That's exactly the point I was going to, you know, piggyback on on what you're saying. Long-term investments are those that are much more growth oriented. They're going to have, you know, maybe wider swings up and down that, that you'll ride along the roller coaster ride with. But uh, over time you have, the ability to bounce back from those swings. And in reality, those create these wonderful buying opportunities periodically. We were talking about that earlier in the show. Is there going to be a buying opportunity uh, in response to the election here? Maybe. If there is, then make sure you're a buyer. Make sure that you're investing steadily because uh, these investments could be a, a great entry point for you right now. Yeah, very good. Thanks for calling in, Connor. Thanks for the question. Hopefully that helped. We've got a question coming up from Evan. He's He's asking about my roof. Oh my goodness, the squirrels. More on that and more questions coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike Bernard with Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory in the MNC studios. If you missed anything, we've been talking about the election and what that's going to mean for the markets and economy. And then we took a great question from Connor. Uh, very good stuff. If you missed anything, go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can get previous episodes, listen to them right there on the site. You can leave a question as well. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, we have a lot of listeners outside of the current listener area here in Michiana who listen on the podcast. Usually comes out on Tuesday, so I'd invite you to to subscribe there. And if you have a question, you're driving, give us a call, 574-222-2000. So, all right, Evan, your question hurts, my friend. So Evan's age 44, says, I've heard Mike talk about needing to replace his roof. Guys, if you're just tuning in, squirrels have invaded the Bernard household, and they chewed right through the shingles. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so that actually that uh, some messed up squirrels. Hey, are I know? <laughs> Do you want to borrow my pellet gun? I, you know, yeah, Kevin on. and I will talk about that. Uh, off, Kevin, I borrowed one of Kevin's guns, some traps. We got a lot of them, but they are winning that war, uh-huh. and, and actually they've won. Okay, because the roof is going in next week. I'm pretty sure if the weather holds out, they all look alike. So if you see one. There's about 13 more where they came from. And here's the crazy thing, folks. You're not immune to this. I live right in the middle of a neighborhood. So there's not a ton of trees around me. I'm not in the woods. That's why they need to live in your house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I used to feed them until one got in our house into the dryer. And I said, that's it. This is an all-out war. As beautiful as these things are. Um, and that's when you started feeding them at Mike's house? Is that what's going on? <laughs> so anyway. Well, so we've had a number of them die from lead poisoning. There I'll you just go. put it that way. <laughs> that's right. Thanks for your help with that, Kevin. So anyway, so Evan's question, getting back to it. He said, I know the roof is a pretty expensive job. Do you guys recommend people paying for the... How do you guys recommend people paying for those sorts of big expenses when they come up? So I, I definitely want to hear from you guys, uh, Kevin and Josh, but I'll just share my own personal experience. Hopefully Cindy's not listening and... Here's that I air our own personal stuff out on the radio. But um, normally that sort of stuff, you should have an emergency fund. You should have dollars saved up for an emergency. And if you're not prepared for a big roof project or the furnace blows or something like that, uh, that would be considered an emergency. But here's the deal, folks. When we bought the house four years ago, it was 16 years old. I was surprised the roof passed inspection then. We knew the thing was brittle. We've been saving up. And so I was able to keep the emergency fund intact because we've been saving money into a home improvement fund. Now, this is now home maintenance instead of home improvement. So the kids getting two sinks in their bathroom instead of one that they fight over, yeah, that's going to have to wait because we got to put this roof on. But, uh, but yeah, you should have an emergency fund. But if you can anticipate these sorts of expenses, they're not really emergencies. And that was the case in my situation. I'm glad you took it there, by the way, because too often I think an emergency is just deemed to be an unplanned event. And obviously, you know, you didn't plan to need to replace your roof because of squirrels or anything. But 
um, this was a planable event for you because you you saw the writing on the wall. And I saw the algae on the roof shingles nice. actually, and thought this thing is not long for this world. Yeah. So, so you started planning ahead. Yeah. Right. So and it was sacrifice. It was hard. We yeah. had to give up stuff every single month to set this money aside. So. Yeah. In in a, in a corporation, that's called a sinking fund. Yep. And I'm an optimist, and I never really got along with the accountants. I. I would call it a floating fund. Um, but whatever, no matter what you Lever. call it, you, as a stewardship of your financial household, you, sh- you need to have an awareness. And this is something that you want to be talking. If you have a spouse, talk to your spouse about it and say, hey, what are the things that we're going to need to spend money on? When you go see your certified financial planner, say, hey, these are, they should be asking you, what, what are the big expenses coming up? And you should, you should be planning for these. None, none of this should catch you off guard. And it's a little bit harder to plan for the roof. It's probably easier to go down to the bank and ask for a personal loan. Right. But, the, but the best way to do it is to prepare in advance. And it's very unlikely that a, a new roof will catch you off guard. That's exactly right. And it's one of the reasons also why you need to be careful about how much house you purchase right? Because it's not just about, can you afford the monthly payment of the mortgage and can you cover the, the homeowner's insurance and the real estate taxes? There is a lot of maintenance and repair that comes into being a homeowner. Yep. And you have to have enough margin in your cash flow. It's got to fit within the budget to be squirreling away. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, uh, setting aside awful. some money uh, for these types of, of needs because they are going to come up. Yeah, like you said, Kevin, a, a new roof does not; it should not sneak up on you. And but I would also you mentioned a, a key word there when it comes to managing your own finances, and that's margin. Margin doesn't happen by accident, and it also normally doesn't happen when you get that next raise. It's intentional. You're building a budget. You're sacrificing. You're saying no to certain things. I was at Little Caesars picking up hot and ready for the family, and I picked up a penny on the floor <laughs> as I was paying. I still and pick now up you have the flu. No. <laughs> no, Did you wash your hands? You, you just, you need to be responsible. You need to be careful with your finances. That's all. Margin doesn't happen by accident. So the bathroom improvements, the money that you're setting aside for that, that literally would be called a sinking fund, That's right? right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Joke the was flush. Puns are getting pretty bad. All right. right. Next question, Patricia, she's 68. Here's what she said. My husband and I are currently on social security and are aware for the second straight year, our social security payment is essentially staying the same. I know, that is tough. How are we expected to keep up with rising expenses? Is there anything we can do? Uh, Folks, if that is a surprise, uh, let me just recap you on what happened. So 2015 into 16, there was, as the government would say, no inflation. So if you were on social security, your social security payment did not increase in 2016. They've announced what the increase will be in 2017, and it is, drumroll, 0.3%, which is essentially nothing. So, Patricia, I empathize. We empathize with you. My, my, my response, you're probably not going to like, and it actually comes right on the heels of what we were just talking about with margin, and that is just to manage your budget. And I know you probably thought when you get into retirement, you won't need to budget anymore. You won't need to be careful about expenses. But um, that's a fallacy, actually. That's a time when you when budgeting gets more and more important because you can't just go work overtime or get a second job or whatever for most people. Um, so I would I would tell you, I would empathize and say it's tough. I'm I was personally surprised that it was such a small increase, and I know it's getting harder to manage that. 
I'd have you and your husband tune into your budget, have a candid conversation about what that means. Yeah, and I've talked with a number of folks in the last couple of weeks that are making changes that aren't requiring a lot of sacrifice. A retired couple that has two cars, and they don't really use two cars. I said, hey, you know, we're going down to one car. It's not a sacrifice for us. We do everything together. That's just how life has become. So they got rid of uh, the extra car. And there are a lot of little things like that. Right now it's open enrollment. People are going and looking and saying, should I have a uh, Medicare supplement? Should I be on Medicare Advantage? What should I do about Part D? I uh, was meeting with some folks yesterday that had a major health change. And so they really need to tune in to Part D. And what drug plan do they have? So they're and and went from virtually no prescriptions to an amazing amount of prescriptions at a considerable cost. Mm. So these are the things that you, that your financial life requires ongoing maintenance. And if you defer, 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 you're going to wake up uh, at some point and be frustrated. You know, everything I've heard though so far is. You guys are articulating reactions to this effect of Social Security being flat. And so I, I think we need to at least say a word, not not just to uh, Patricia, who said she's 68 years old, right? So there's not a lot of pre-planning that she can be doing. But some some of you listening today are 38, and you have time to learn from Patricia's concern right now that you know, maybe uh, you don't have a rising income stream like you are used to once you get to Social Security age. And so you have to build a stream of income that can grow with your rising expenses. And the way you do that is by building a retirement nest egg. This is why those retirement plans at work and Roth IRAs, saving and, and building for the future is so important. You've got to start now because someday you're going to be 68 just like Patricia is. And uh, you're going to be asking the same questions. How do I make this cash flow thing work in retirement? And I would also say some of you listening are 58 and maybe have been thinking about salivating about drawing Social Security right at 62. And I'd encourage you to wait to get that increase because your retirement dollars or your retirement years need it. So. Okay, folks, Patricia, thanks for the question. Connor, you as well. Evan, uh, don't bring up the squirrels again. <laughs> All right, folks, if you missed anything, I want to point you to wisemoneyradio.com. You can get all the previous episodes and check us out on Facebook. Give us a call, 574-222-2000. We will see you next week here for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.